If you're not familiar with the concept of psychological projection, it goes something like this. When we have something emotionally or psychologically going on inside of us that is too difficult or too painful to deal with, rather than dealing with it internally, we project it outward onto the world and onto the other people in our lives. And we often get triggered when we experience that phenomenon in others. One of the expressions people in recovery use to describe this concept of projection is, you spot it, you got it. In other words, if there's something about other people that irritates the shit out of you, and you see it all the time in others in the world, it's probably a quality that you have, and one that you don't particularly like. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 134, You Spot It, You Got It, Psychological Projection in 12-Step Recovery. Before I get into this week's content, I want to give a shout out to Lily, who's just become a higher-powered patron on Patreon. Thanks, Lily. Welcome to the community. I'm so glad that you found my podcast helpful in your journey of recovery. Now, on to the story. It's taken me over three years to be able to tell this story on the podcast because it was really painful. It's a story about projection that I experienced firsthand in recovery, where someone projected their psychological issues onto me and then blamed me for them. Now, I'd heard of psychological projection before, and of course, I've engaged in it myself. I think we all do to some degree. And I'd even seen it in action before, but not like this. Before I go into too much detail, I want to say I'm not a psychologist, so what I'm describing is from a layperson's perspective. If you're not familiar with the concept of psychological projection, it goes something like this. When we have something emotionally or psychologically going on inside of us that is too difficult or too painful to deal with, rather than dealing with it internally, we project it outward onto the world and onto the other people in our lives. And we often get triggered when we experience that phenomenon in others. One of the expressions people in recovery use to describe this concept of projection is, you spot it, you got it. In other words, if there's something about other people that irritates the shit out of you, and you see it all the time in others in the world, it's probably a quality that you have, and one that you don't particularly like. For me, that quality is arrogance. I learned from recovery that the reason I hate arrogance in others so much is that I'm arrogant. Now, I never knew that until I got into recovery. I didn't understand that I was arrogant until doing the 12 steps, especially step four. I had a lot of grandiose thoughts and thoughts of superiority, like, if only they did things my way. 
And I still have those thoughts sometimes, just not anywhere near as frequently. And now I know that they're bullshit. I still have arrogant thoughts, even though I don't want to have them. I just know now not to believe them. They're just my thoughts. They're not true. So here's the story about someone in recovery who projected their shit onto me, and it has to do with a fellow that I will call Y. I was pretty close with her. I had done the steps with her in one program, and we were in another program together as well. We talked frequently about recovery, and she was probably my closest recovery friend at the time. After almost three years in recovery together, something happened with her. I'm really not sure what happened exactly, but I think she got a bit too deep without professional help. She was in four different recovery programs and did not have a sponsor in any of them. She said that she couldn't handle having a sponsor because her mom had been a narcissist and it felt like she had to, quote, report to her sponsors the way she used to have to report to her mom all the time. And she just couldn't deal with it. And I believed her, but she still could have used some professional support. And again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm stating what I concluded after the fact. So one night, Y shared at a meeting that she just realized she'd been gaslighting herself. I don't know that she used that language, but that's essentially what she was saying. She talked about how she made jokes about herself, then roped others into making those same jokes about her too, and then she'd get resentful of those people for making those jokes that she fed them about herself. And all of this had just come to her consciousness. She gave the following examples. She said, I tell people all the time that I'm bad at math, and yet I have an MBA in finance. I tell people I don't like to exert myself. For example, I park as close as possible so I don't have to take a lot of steps and then make jokes with my name and call myself less steps so-and-so. And meanwhile, I've exercised for the vast majority of my adult life. And I also tell people that I'm no good with tools. And yet my husband and I have rehabbed three different houses. Not only do I make fun of myself for these things, which are BS, but I rope all of you in on joking about these things for me, and then I get mad at you for doing that. All right, so that's what she was saying. Now let's put a pin in that. Around this same time, she had started acting out towards others in recovery. This all came to light after the fact, and our recovery community was able to put this together afterward. It seems she was especially acting out with newer and more vulnerable people in our recovery community. And she would say things like, you just love being the victim, don't you? I had also noticed that she started doing and saying things to me that were a little bit off, but I didn't say anything to her about it because I was waiting to talk directly to her in person. Because by then I had learned the importance of having direct communication with people on serious matters. That is, you don't text people or email people about important matters. You talk to them in person if possible. Now, looking back, I really should have spoken with her on the phone rather than waiting to meet with her in person. I can see now that she was putting me off, not wanting to see me in person. So I didn't say anything to her about her behaviors that were troublesome to me but I was definitely concerned about her behavior toward me and the way she'd acted in meetings and at coffee afterward for a while, as well as about something a newcomer told me she'd done and said. 
So one day, not long after she made this revelation at the meeting, she sent me a text. I don't even remember what it said, but it was really harsh. And I texted her back and I said, I'm getting concerned by your messages. So I need to take a break from you for a a bit. Please don't contact me again until I let you know it's okay to do so. And she texted me back immediately and wrote, toughen up. And I was like, fuck that. So I blocked her on my phone and I called a friend from recovery to come over and help me process the situation. And when my recovery fellow got to my place and she saw the text from her, she reinforced for me that blocking her was the right thing to do. Now, as you can imagine, I was really disturbed by this whole situation. This was someone I considered to be a close and dear friend, and yet there was zero compassion in her response, and she didn't honor my request to stop contact. Now, later that night, I was writing an email to someone, and while I was doing that, a message, an email message from Y came into my email, and the subject line said, you're hilarious. And of course, being someone who grew up with dysfunctional patterns, I opened it. And inside the message, she wrote, fuck you in capital letters. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm blocking her from email too. Now, a few days later, I did another dysfunctional thing. And I looked in my spam folder to see if she had emailed me. And of course she had. She'd emailed me three messages. I didn't open them, but I didn't need to because the subject lines were enough. One of them said, you've assassinated my character. And I remember one of the others was a very personal attack. I don't recall what the third one was, but I know that it was not nice. And it was very clear that she was attacking me. And I was like, holy shit, why the fuck did I do that? Why did I go into my spam looking for trouble. And I was like, oh, this is my pattern. I go looking for trouble. And let me tell you, that was the last time I have ever gone into my spam folder to see if somebody I blocked had messaged me. Now, this is a perfect example of understanding my part in things. Yes, why attacked me and my character, and that was bad but I magnified it by going back and looking for more attacks from her in my spam email. And I found them. Now, recovery has taught me to stop doing that shit. I reached out to another fellow in recovery and I said, listen, I need you to check me. Did I assassinate her character? I am too close to the situation to know. And she said, no, Barb, she assassinated her own character. When she shared in the meeting that she had made jokes about herself, about math, exercise, and tools, she was telling us openly about assassinating her own character. And I was like, holy shit, that is some serious projection. She couldn't internally handle knowing that she'd assassinated her own character. So she projected the blame for that onto me. When she admitted in the meeting that she'd been saying bad things about herself, then roping other people in to believe those things and then make fun of her for them. She was assassinating her own character in two ways, by making jokes about herself and by pulling others in on that game with her. 
When the understanding of what she was doing to herself bubbled up to the surface of her awareness, to the point where she admitted it publicly, she just couldn't deal with it. She just couldn't bear the weight of knowing what she'd done to herself, and so she projected it outward onto me. Now, again, I am not a psychologist, but I think this is a perfect example of what can happen when people are digging things up in recovery and not getting the professional help they need. The thing is, I am not the only one she projected her shit onto. I don't know the full story of what she did and said with others, but I do know that she took a metaphorical machine gun and just blew away everybody in her circle, in her social circle, at least in the recovery circles that I'm in, including me, and I was her closest fellow in recovery. Now, this incident was one of the most painful things I have been through in recovery, and I had to do a shitload of step work on it, and I had to work very closely with my sponsor on it. It was one of the strongest boundaries I had to set when I blocked her. And this was almost three years into my recovery, but it really solidified for me an understanding of what projection is, how it works, and ultimately it helped me in my own recovery. And it very much helped me with my boundaries because I understood this is a very sick person and I have to protect myself from her. I don't make myself vulnerable to people like this anymore. So there is no wavering on this boundary. And I'm sharing this story in the hope that you might understand that when someone projects their shit onto you, especially if it's in the context of a recovery relationship, it's not about you. It's about them and they're ill. And I'm reminded of what's sometimes called the sick man's prayer that we learn in recovery. And it goes like this. Dear God, this is a sick person. Please help me show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. So you want to treat them as the sick person that they are and pray for them. And remember that it's possible that you might be just as sick as they are. Wouldn't you want that kind of compassion for yourself? If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. 
you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.